no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Barry Essentials. On today's show, we preview the Week 14 matchup against the Lions and much more. What's good, Prez? Good, man. We are back, man. It's uh, it's good that we had a little time off. We had a week not to have to talk about the Bears, not think about the Bears. So we got some fresh perspectives for the audience this week. I'm excited to be back on here. Hopefully our Bears can do some great things this week against the Lions. But I do want to shout out the fact that you out there, man, in New York, covering the fight in the line now. Bruh, and they pulled off a win against the Florida Atlantic, man. That's that that game, bro. First and foremost, it was an honor and pleasure, man, to be covering a game in Madison Square Garden. Some people consider it the mecca of basketball. Yep, bruh. I just like being a part of history, man. That's something I can say that I did. And guess what? Next year, a dub. I hope you out here with me, man, because New York, man, is such a great place. And I took a nice bite out of that apple this week. <laughs> that's love man that is love and i've always enjoyed myself man being out there press it's a good atmosphere man and um i'm glad you handled business there um you know at the um, garden so salute to you brother for having that opportunity yeah man listen what we doing on chicago state of mind audience it, it, you know we, we're trying to expand into this media imprint and covering a basketball game in madison Square garden a major game i mean these are two teams in the top 20 in all of the country and that's a game that we got to cover, right? And that's those type of opportunities are being extended to every outlet. And so we're fortunate to be able to be in rooms like that. And humble and grateful, man, for the opportunity that we've been able to do with Chicago State of Mind and, and look forward to continued success with that platform. I'm with you, Perez. But now, these Chicago Bears audience, we are back talking about this 4-18. and 18. <laughs> But listen, man, what did I say before the break, A-Dub? I said... I was worried of the timing of the break. Now, I know that the break allowed the team to get healthy because if you look at the injury report, which we're going to get into a little bit later, the injury report's looking good. But I thought we were playing with some really good momentum, A-Dub. And for me, I'm like, damn, that, that, that damn bye week probably came at the wrong time for this team. Sometimes bye weeks come with teams needle. I thought for this team, I was like, man, they were playing at a high level. And that defense was starting to jail making some good things happen. I mean, we saw what they did against the Vikings. So when you start to see that occur and then a bye week happen, uh-oh, you kind of get a little worried. And and so there's a lot of things. Like when you look at this ball club down the stretch, you know, audience, a 4-18, they're pretty much fighting an uphill battle to get into the playoff chase. I don't care what the hell Cole Kamik is saying. He's saying that, hey, they're ramping up for a playoff run. It sounds good. And I'm sure in that locker room, that is probably something that they're doing to try to rally around that idea. Right. But man, this team, please, they ain't going to no playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I like the optimism that the players are showing and Cole Commit coming out and saying that. But you're right. Being realistic is like, uh, maybe next year, guys. Maybe next year. I mean, <laughs> maybe if they didn't let the Lions steal a win from them, I'd have a little bit more confidence, bro. But, I mean, come on. 
You really think that I think that Matt Eberflus is going to win two games in a row against the NFC North team? Ha! <laughs> it's possible, though, bro. It is very possible, man. But to, to your point, it's an uphill battle. I mean, being 4-8 and eight and seeing how this team has struggled in the past, you know, that's tough. You know, and uh, they got their hands full. They want to get another victory. And here's another thing. The Lions are playing for something. They're a couple games away from clinching a playoff berth. You yeah, know they want to lock that shit up. For them, you know, they, of course they want to stick it to the Bears and be to beat the Bears and be on their journey too. you know, getting to the playoffs. So they want to get that burst as soon as possible. Maybe home cooking a double will serve the Bears well here. You know, the game will be a soldier field. So we'll definitely see. But when I look at this Lions ball club, A-Dub, they're coming off that 33-28 to 28 victory against the Saints. Now, yep. I know people are going to sit here and say, all the Saints team was beat up. Yeah, they were. You know, their quarterback situation is weird. Half the playmakers are out. Injuries happen in this league. So at the end of the day, <laughs> next man up. So it really, we really can't look at the fact that that team was beat up. They still got the job done. And so my whole thing is that Detroit offense, even in that game, they jumped out to a very fast lead against the Saints, A-Dub. Now the Saints were able to kind of get back into the ball game. But what do we talk about with the Detroit Lions team all the time? We talk about that offense. High octane. They got that two-headed monster there in the backfield. Yeah. And, bro, they come for you. <laughs> they, but when you talk about getting you know, on to a fast start, I mean, Detroit Lions in their last game, man, 21 points in the first quarter, Prez. I mean, that's deep right there, right? So you're fighting an uphill battle. But that team is explosive like that, right? They got those running backs you talked about, Montgomery and Gibbs. Those dudes do a good job. And then they take a lot of pressure off golf and allow him to do some things in the air. So, that's a tough team, man. The Lions really are. And they don't even get me started on the fact that I'm in Ross St. Brown. He's a tough cover. And they've been looking for a true number two for, to, to somebody to step up next to him. And I'm starting to see Jamison Williams week after week now. He's starting to get into the end zone. Yeah. And that guy right there, I mean, telling you, that's a former Bama player. <laughs> I, I, know talking, I know I'm talking about the – Alabama football right now is a tough subject for a lot of y'all out there. (laughs) (laughs) It truly is. (laughs) (laughs) But Jameson Williams, he's a guy right here in this game, A-Dub, that I'm looking at, and I'm like, you saw he got that touchdown against us the last time. And he's starting to ramp up. He's a tough cover, bro. That speed, man, you get out there and get behind the secondary, make some big plays. So that's a guy for sure that we always got to keep a close eye on. And um, he's somebody that's starting to, you know, like you say, man, do a good job over there um, for the Lions. And now he's becoming that second and third option for sure for them. They can rely on. That's good for them because you can also see that Sam Laborta is also stepping up too. So they starting to have some guys to really help out St. Brown. Oh, yeah, Laporta. I mean, he, he's a stud. I mean, that's a rookie. Doesn't play like a rookie. We're going to get into more of the nuts and bolts of that here in a little bit. I just want to high level it for the audience here, A-Dub, before we get into that. One of the things that I did want to kind of talk to the audience about was something I was thinking about over the break. Yeah, audience, I know I said earlier that I wasn't thinking about the Bears. Of course <laughs> I was thinking about the Bears. <laughs> I was thinking about this team. But yes, A-Dub, in all seriousness, I'm thinking about the Pro Bowl. and for me, the Pro Bowl is always something that I just take such pride in having members of my team associated with the Pro Bowl. Yeah, it's been tough sledding for the Bears as of late, but on this current roster, I was pondering and I was thinking to myself, 
who's a couple guys that I think legitimately have a chance mm. of being a pro bowler, right? Mm. Okay. So I'm going to run a couple past you, A-Dub, and get your thoughts, and I'm just wondering, you know, what you think. So Jalen Johnson is a guy, first and foremost, that, you know, I don't know what people around the league are thinking. I know if it were me, and if I had cornerbacks that I was looking at on my team, he'd be one of the ones that I would want. I mean, think about what we talked about before with him. He's having a career year end up. He is. Proving to be one of the best cover corners in all the NFL. And even though he only has three picks, it's still a career high for him. And we know he can have three more. Definitely, bro. Could have a few more. But he is someone I agree with you on. You talk about Pro Bowl material. And the way he's been playing as of lately stands out. I mean, the interceptions he's been getting, he's been very good in coverage. I mean, what more can you say? He's also getting deflections too, even though he's not cashing in on getting those touchdowns. But he's been a big vital piece to what this secondary has been able to do as of lately. And you got to salute to what he's been doing for this team. Only thing you can say negative about the guy is the fact that he came out and said, hey, he won the contract extension. That's it. But since then, bro, he has stepped this game up big time. And honestly, I don't see anything wrong with that. He's like, pay me my fucking money. I earned it. <laughs> so I, I I had no problem with that. I'm like, he should. they should have sat up there and got that deal done with him. Because should now have. it's going to be a mess trying to extend that dude. It's going to be a mess. I already know it. They're going to end up franchise tagging him. He's going to be <laughs> unhappy. It's going to be a whole thing. But whatever. <laughs> we got plenty of time to talk about that in the future. Yep. Give me one of your Pro Bowl picks. One of my Pro Bowl picks for sure, I think, should be on that radar, man, is DJ Moore. Go I know DJ. you and I feel that DJ Moore has been awesome this season. He's been a safety net for sure for Justin Fields. And those two guys together, man, have done unbelievable work. But you look overall at what DJ Moore has been able to do, his impact on the offense, he's been a long ranger, you know. You got Cole Camille stepped up very well for him a little bit. Foreman's shown some signs, but the most consistent weapon for the Chicago Bears, has been DJ Moore. And he has answered the bell at all levels. And looking at what he's been able to do on this team, man, has been extremely impactful. And he's a guy that it would not surprise me to see him make the Pro Bowl. I mean, to your point, A-Dub, <laughs> lone bright spot, the guy that honestly we know when Justin Fields is back there to throw the football, he's the one target that you know is going to come down with the football. He's going to be a hard person for the team to tackle. Yep. And he's a home run threat. Yards after the catch, all those things that we all talk about with DJ Moore. This guy's been a significant upgrade for this offense, and I still don't know what the Panthers were thinking about putting him in that trade. That was a <laughs> very horrible trade by the Panthers. But anyway. <laughs> but no, man, that's a hell of a recipient, potentially, and I, I don't see why not. The first two guys we talked about, A-Dub, to me, they're no-brainers. There's right. no reason why either of these guys would not be on anybody's Pro Bowl ballot. But you know how it is when it comes to Pro Bowl, man? They can go a different direction. But for what I see from what these guys have been doing, and you compare them to what other players have done, you can look and say, hey, these are two guys who are worthy. I'm going to also add TJ Edwards to the list. Woo! Talk now, to me. Well, of course, audience, you guys know I felt that he was the best signing that Ryan Poles made over the free agent period. But all he's done is gone out this season and proven to be that. He's been such an important part of his defense, A-Dub. 127 total tackles on the season. Third most in the NFL. He's dependable. Smart yeah. player. You can just always know that he's going to be in the right spot to make a play. In my opinion, 
He's not going to do anything that's going to be overly flashy, but he gets the job done. He does, man. And uh, TJ Edwards been balling out for the Bears. And I love his consistency. I think the other element to that Perez is seeing him get some interceptions as well. Plays a part in that too. So it's like this dude been on the money, man. And um, I would love to see him get that opportunity. Okay. I would say if I can add a couple more, I'm not going to go in depth audience, but let's just say if I had some honorable mention choices, I'd probably say Tevin Jenkins. Mm-hmm. I'd probably say Cole Komet. And then even though Montez Sweat has not been with the Bears for the entirety of the season, I would also have to throw his name into the hat as well. Well, that's just a couple guys that I wanted to kind of just throw out there. Audience, I'd love to hear you guys' choices. Do you agree with the names that we brought out there? Do you think that we missed someone? We'd love to hear from you. He has been a target for um, Justin Fields, and he was for Tyson Bajan as well, too, so friends. But he got the numbers to back it up. He's been getting those touchdowns. Yeah, sir. And shout out to Montez Sweat and also Tevin Jenkins as well, right? Because yep. well, Montez Sweat, we talked about the impact that he's made on this defense and how this defense has done nothing but his sin since he's come here. Tevin Jenkins, come on now. He's one of the better guards in all of the NFL. Agreed. And we know what he does. And then shit, Darnell Wright, he could be an outside choice to be in somebody. So listen, I know that this team's only won four games. And I'm not trying to be a homer, but I feel like these guys deserve some sort of recognition for their play. Um, Cole Komet, to your point, A-Dub, he's been getting it done out there. That contract extension he signed, that contract extension that he signed, he's making Ryan Poles look like a smart man because that looks like smart money right there. He's cashing in, man. And um, that's what you expect the players to do. And to your point, Montez Wet cashed in too. And um, right now he's looking really good. So Ryan Poles may be on to something. We shall see a dub. Audience, we love, like I said, to hear you guys' thoughts on potential pro bowlers for this team. Like I said, man, I, I'd rather talk about stuff like this, a dub, than to be talking about draft picks and draft order. I want to talk about, man, some of the good stuff that we got. We got some good players on this team, man. So it's, it's a talented roster. Yeah, I like where you're going with that, Press, because everything ain't all bad, man. You know, we got some good players here, and um, we're glad to see them play well. Yes, sir. And hopefully some of them get recognized. One thing I do want to talk about, we've had a lot of people reaching out to us. And they're like, Prez, Doug, what happens if Maddie Bafoos does get fired? And I'm like, well, <laughs> we, did, we did write an article on this on Chicago State of Mind. If you guys aren't tuning in to what we're doing on Chicago State of Mind, we have a Substack. If you go on Substack, search Chicago State of Mind, you'll find all of our articles. We write all NFL stuff, NBA any sport that's out there, we're writing on it. But we posted a recent article where we gave five candidates that we thought would potentially replace Matt Eberflus. One of those candidates was Eric Bieniemy. They end up now. There's reports that are coming out that the Bears would have interest in him. Potential. Where do you see where your where your team has the most potential? That's on offense for sure. To where it needs some develop, needs some growth there. And Eric Bieniemy, you know, has done a great job over his career. We talk about helping out the offense, play calling, all that good stuff. So he will be a good choice, you know. You talk about helping Justin Fields in the offense take that next step. I find it very interesting that the Kansas City Chiefs have struggled since he's left and Matt Nagy has taken back over. I'm not taking cheap shots. <laughs> I'm just only telling you guys what I'm observing. That shit <laughs> it is, is a, a mess shot. over there. This shit is a mess over there. <laughs> It is a mess, man. I, I got I, I got to take that with a grain of salt for you because that is a, that's a, that is a cheat shot. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I appreciate the call out. But you're right. 
you're definitely right. You see a huge difference over there right now with that KC team, and they're struggling a little bit. Oh my God! Yes, they are. I feel bad for Patrick Mahomes. He looks so damn. He looks so damn fucking frustrated over there. But I'm like, I understand because I remember everybody <laughs> used to be over here talking shit about Mitch and talking shit about this quarterback. I'm like, listen, Justin didn't have a chance. Mitch didn't have a chance. It's a common denominator. And I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes right now, and I'm like, yep, I've seen this story before. Yeah, man, he got to deal with Nagy. But this is like the point that I was bringing up with Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. Now this is a guy. That obviously things were going well when he was over there. Now he's over here in Washington, and you look at Sam Howell. Now I know Sam Howell's been pretty inconsistent as far as sometimes he turns the football over, but he's developing into a pretty decent quarterback. And that Washington Commanders offense, a dub, they put up points on the board, and it's no coincidence to who their offensive coordinator is. It's Eric Bieniemy, the guy knows offense. And I know that the Bears typically yo-yo between hiring a defensive coach versus an offensive coach. Well, guess what? We've done the defensive route here with Matt Eberflus. It hasn't worked. Right. And in today's NFL, you got to be able to score points. Point blank. And that's Eric Benjamin is a guy that knows how to put points on the board. And the fact that Luke Gessie has not been able to get the job done consistently with Justin Fields in the offense – that's the tail right there. So you want to have somebody who can do the job a lot better. And I think Eric Bieniemy is someone that can do that. And you highlighted what he's done already with the commanders, Perez. He's done an amazing job with them. I mean, that offense is flowing, bro, no matter who's over there. But then the other piece to, to think about as well is Ryan Poles comes from that Chiefs organization. He has a relationship with Eric Bieniemy. So if Ryan Poles is still going to be in the fold here, he's going to have – any sort of insight into the coaching decision, I guarantee he's going to have a conversation with Bieniemy, and yeah. it's a logical choice. And this is the thing: he went to Washington because he was going to finally get the opportunity to call plays. Because you know how Andy Reid is; Andy Reid's like, "No, nah, I got this shit over here." <laughs> right. So this is Eric Bieniemy's chance to show people what he can do, and he's actually showing folks what he can do. Chris, I mean, it's out there now. People are seeing now that this guy left Kansas City. They see where Kansas City is at. He's over there Washington. People see what Washington is doing. I mean, he's making a name for himself to be a head coach for the near in the near future. So I hope it all works out for him, you know. Now, Ada, one of the other factors of just bye week is really kind of trying to see with the remaining games from the Bears right now, what really can we expect? I know Cole Komet mentioned, hey, playoff run and this and that. But realistically, Outside of Justin Fields and, and trying to figure out if he could be the franchise quarterback, what are some other things that you're going to be looking to see from this team, A-Dub, going down the stretch? Down the stretch is what I look forward to see if these young guys are still going to develop, like Tyler Scott, right? What's going to happen with him? Can he continue to show some growth, you know? You're looking over there at Caleb Gordon. You know, he took the next step in his development and growing. Can he continue to go on that trend, right? So you're looking at guys like him. Tyreek Stevenson, of what these young guys can really do for us. If they can show some promise, that's good for you going to next season. I like that one, man. I also like – I would like to see what Darnell Mooney does to, to close the, the end of the season, right? Because right. it's important. You want to see the development of your young rookies, right? So Dexter, Terrell Smith, Roshan yeah. Johnson, right? Guys like that. But I would love to see what Darnell Mooney could do to close out the season. You know, this is a guy right here entering the season where we thought – it was going to come down between him and Claypool of who was going to get extended. Claypool's gone, and 
Mooney's still here. We don't even know if Mooney's going to get extended. He's been a non-factor in his offense, and you just don't know which way it's going to go. And that's the part right there, Perez. You really don't know where it's going to go. I hope they can get back on track and make some things happen, get in the end zone, you know, look good. But you really don't know what's up Ryan Pohl's sleeves when it comes to him. But one thing we do know, man, he hasn't looked like we expected him to look this season. I really do like that development of the young players piece because, like I said, that is something that's going to bode well for this team going into next season. I also would like to see if the resurgence from the defense, if this is real or if that was a fluke. So that's <laughs> something I'm going to be kind of paying attention to because they come like a long that. way since the beginning of the season they do it. I like that. What you said about the defense, bro, that is huge. Is this defense really who I think they are? Can they be dominant? And we don't know, Prince. We want to see some consistency with that. The last couple of weeks, they've been okay. Even despite what happened with the Lions, you felt good about them for three quarters, right? For the most part of that game. But if they can show some dominance, man, and be consistent with it, you're feeling good about next year with the weapons you have. Now, I've, I've spoken a lot on this show about the fact that I want Matty Refluce to lose his job. Obviously, you know, we, there's a million reasons why, and we know that. We talked about those things on the show. A.W., you think there's anything Matty Ibraflus can do to save his job? Yes, I think so. If Ibraflus and Luke Getze can help Justin Fields continue to show some consistency down the road, that's a win. And two, as bad as the record look right now being four and eight prayers, they start to pack up some wins and get somewhere near, you know, 500. That's a plus in itself, despite what happened the first eight games, whatever, you know? So you look at that and say, you know what? That is a win for him, you know? Looks really ugly at times. We were, like, questioning everything that went on with Eberflus. But if he's able to turn things around, Perez, until the end of the season, he may be able to save his job that way if the team, again, these players start to show some good signs. So this is from my standpoint, and I'm taking, like, my, you know, commentary in the past away from this. Honestly, I don't think there's anything he could do. <laughs> I think Kevin Warren is going to be involved in this situation along with Ryan Poles. And I think he's going to make sure that, that Ryan Poles knows in no uncertain terms <laughs> that the coaching situation cannot be what it has been at this season. Now you got to think about it. You brought up some names here, and I want to I want to just slowly pull back the layers on these names. You brought up Luke Getz's name. Yeah. Who hasn't helped Justin Fields whatsoever. Agreed. Who hired him? Matty Refuse. Okay. Yep. All right. Alan Williams was here. Whatever happened there? Who hired him? Oh, man. Okay. Yep. Running backs coach David Walker. He was dismissed due to misconduct. Whatever happened there? Who hired him? Ouch. Now, I will give the guy a little bit of credit like I did last week and say, He's done a decent job with this defense. But as I've said many times before, he's the head coach. He's not the defensive coordinator. Yeah. He, he just hasn't done a good enough job, man. You know what, Perez? You got me thinking, man. <laughs> Damn. You put everything on the table like that, bro. And it's not a good look for Eberflus at all when you take all those elements that you mentioned about what this team has gone through. Mm-hmm. It looks really bad, man, when you say it that way, you know. So it's going to be tough, man, really hard. And um, it would not shock me if the Bears did decide to move on from him, bro. But <laughs> I don't want to be Eberflus right now. I do not. 
Hell no. Uh-uh. No way. Well, I wouldn't mind because he's he going from the standpoint of getting fired, no. But from the standpoint of what the hell he's made to, to do nothing here, I'd love to fucking make that kind of money to be a loser. <laughs> Listen, I win every day of my life and I'm still over here not making the type of money Matt Eberflus is making. <laughs> I'm telling you, life ain't fair, bro. I swear it ain't fair. It really isn't, though. <laughs> <laughs> At all, Prince. But the one thing that has been a major concern really for Eberflus, though, bro, is the fact that you and I talked about this. He's not the one having those tough conversations. It's Ryan Poles. Right. So if your leader who's supposed to be the head coach can't deal with that, that's hard in itself, man. And you want to get somebody to win who can come in and do that. Well, see, this is the problem, ain't though. We all expected more to see. And now we got a lot of the fan base is over here talking about draft picks. And that's what he's turned this season into. And, and it's a shame. Now, when we turn the page and we get to that part of the season, you and I, we're going to be full bore about draft season. But to me, I'm just so sick and tired of like a team that's not playing for anything. I miss being in the playoffs. I mean, it's only happened a few times. But when it's been there, man, this city was buzzing. And I just hate that, man. I hate that. I feel like, man, when you're talking about the draft and all that stuff, that's just admitting that you've been a loser. So I guess the biggest thing for me just down the stretch I want to see us finish strong. Yeah. I want to see Luke Getze put Justin Fields in good positions and allow this kid to show something, man. We think that we have the guy in house. It's just a matter of the play caller putting him in positions to show what he can do best, right? And I hope that he can. I really do. But the only thing I think about, I look at Justin Fields, if he is the long-term quarterback here in Chicago, it's the fact that you send it with you actually putting him with another Offensive coordinator, right? Yep. You had Nagy. You got Luke Getze. That didn't work out. Now you're bringing another offensive coordinator who can probably help him out. And I hope that works, of course. But, man, that's a lot of change for a quarterback, though. Yeah, and that's tough, right? Because the big thing that we were talking about this season with Luke Getze was that he had familiarity because this was going to be the second season that he was going to be in the system. Well, I mean, it hasn't really meant anything. (laughs) That's true. But the one thing that I think I'm like optimistic about going down the stretch is the schedule is pretty favorable for the Bears. So I can see why Cole Commit was probably a little bullish about the team. But I think that that gives Justin Fields the opportunity to show what he can do best. But to your point, looking forward and looking ahead, Ada, that's a fair point. But hey, it's the NFL. And yeah. if it comes down to it, then Justin Fields is going to have to just learn another offense. Now, Ada, with the Bears coming off of their bye week. I feel like this team is as healthy as they've been all season. They were really banged up heading into that Week 12 matchup. And like I said, in one instance, I was upset about the bye week coming. But another instance, I'm happy because they did get a chance to get some guys back in the fold. Donta Foreman, he was back at practice. We know he missed the game because of that ankle and shin injury. Larry Borum is back to practice as a full participant. He had been dealing with an illness. Tyreek Stevenson, we know he missed the Week 12 matchup with the ankle injury. He was a full participant. Noah Sewell, back to a limited participant from the knee injury. So that's a good sign, Ado. And I'm happy about that with Tyreek Stevenson. No, he's been a full participant. It'll be good to get that kid back. I want to see what else he has in store and what else he can do out there on the field. But in another instance, Terrell Smith has actually shown you that he could be a pretty solid backup 
cornerback in this league. So the injury to Tyreek Stevenson, the reason why I love the fact that Ryan Pose did a solid job with this draft is because you get an idea of seeing what you have out there. And to the point you made earlier about the younger players, I feel like Terrell Smith has gotten a chance to develop pretty nicely because he's been forced into the lineup on multiple occasions this season. And he's gotten some very good experience, Perez, yep. and um, that can definitely help him out. On the Lions' side of the house, hey, Doug, Dan Campbell, I was listening to his presser, <laughs> and he mentioned that he might be without two of his starters for this week's game. Frank Ragnow at center, and then their defensive tackle, McNeil. They both are banged up. Mm. And it sounded unlikely that they would play. That's good for the Bears because McNeil is a problem, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, we talk a lot about Hutchinson and what he's able to do to our defense, to our offense, but that McNeil dude is just as impactful, man. And he's been good with stopping the run and also applying pressure. So the fact that he's not able to go, maybe our running backs are able to get some things going. Yeah, man, McNeil, like you said, man, he doesn't get talked about enough, but that's going to be a big loss for them. And Frank Ragnall, that's a Pro Bowl center right there. So that gives the interior of our line an opportunity. And hopefully we can take advantage of that, they do Yeah, Justin Jones, hey, it's your time, man. You can be impactful in that game against Detroit. So they're missing some weapons like that. Hey, it's it's up to us to take full advantage of it. Mm -hmm. So looking at the matchup, A-Dub, What's one of your keys to victory for the Bears? I think one of my keys to victory, Perez, and this is a no-brainer really to you or anybody, it comes down to if you're able to get turnovers, take that momentum and score. And we saw what we did to the lines before, um, able to get takeaways. I'm not saying we're going to get four again. I'm just saying if we do get it, Perez, we got to do something with it. So that complimentary football that even Fools love to talk about, has to be on full display against the Lions. I think that when you said that, it, it's pretty straightforward. Um, you got to take advantage of opportunities when they're given to you. And um, I think this team, sometimes they settle. And yeah. you can't be the team like Detroit when you settle. We've proven that we can hang in there with Detroit, they dub. But in the month of December, the Bears have not beat the Lions since 2012. Ouch. We got to get our act together in December, especially against Detroit. And we got to pretty much make it known that we have a chance of beating these guys and do it. So you're right, man. Something has to change there. So one of the things that I think needs to change as far as the Bears is we got to capitalize, right? So to piggyback off of your key, we got to win the turnover battle, man. If Jared Goff gives a couple gifts, we can't get a football right back to them. No. And if he does give us a couple of gifts, we cannot settle for Cairo Santos field goals. I love Cairo. I love that he's Mr. Automatic. Right. But we need touchdown. Win the turnover battle and score touchdown. My last key press is you hit up on something last time we talked about facing Detroit. And I want to piggyback off that. This defense has to play chess with golf. And what I mean by that is the linebackers. Got to know when to drop back in coverage. Know how to disguise that. And the same for the secondary. We're talking about Jalen Johnson, right? Tyreek Stevenson being able to disguise their coverage and possibly could force golf into making mistakes. If they can do that, similar to what they did that first game, they putting themselves in a good situation, Perez. 
And like I said, it kind of just like goes hand in hand with what I was mentioning before, right? It's just yep. you're increasing your odds. And I think that that's one of the reasons why this team is before and eight this season because they haven't done a good enough job with doing that. Right. And they get away from it at times too. So if they can stick with it, be consistent, I mean, they can do some good things, man. And um, golf has shown that he can make mistakes against the Chicago Bears. 100%. The last time we spoke about this matchup, we talked about the double-headed monster there running back with Gibbs and Montgomery. Yeah. My next key is we got to hold these guys to under 50 yards rushing each. We cannot let Gibbs show that explosion. I mean, that kid's fast. And we also know with Montgomery, he runs between the tackles as well as any running back in the league. We have to close off those running lines. I'm hoping with that injury to rag now that that is not going to be an issue for the Bears come Sunday. So the Bears can slow them down, Perez. We're in a good shape, man. But those two-headed monsters, man, they play no games at all. No, they really don't. And like you said, that's what helps Jared Goff out because when you run the football as well as they run the football, then it opens it up for him to make plays down the field, right? And that's what we saw when we blew that 12-point lead, right, A-Dub? That's when he yeah. takes that shot down the field and finds Jamison Williams, who gets open behind Eddie Jackson. But yep. that happens because Eddie Jackson's cheating because he's looking in the backfield. Right, right. And that's what tends to happen, man. Golf gets lucky with the fact that Gibbs and Montgomery been able to be impactful in the run game to open up their passing game. And one thing I will say when it comes down to Gibbs and Montgomery, man, when the Bears faced them last time, Perez, those dudes combined for eight catches for 81 yards in the passing game, man. So we can't let these guys, you know, not only run the football effectively, Perez, but we can't let them be impactful in the passing game either, you know, where golf can look at those guys as a safety net, you know, and check down on them, and they eat up a lot of yards after the catch. So we got to be mindful of that, that that can wear your defense down a little bit too. No, it really can. And – one thing that I wanted to touch on before we get out of here is I'm looking forward to seeing that Aiden Hutchinson versus Darnell Wright matchup again. Yes. While I thought Darnell Wright held his own, Aiden Hutchinson, when it mattered, made the play to, to seal the game, right? Right. And so I'm looking to see what improvements Darnell Wright's made, what he's done there in film study, and how he's going to – and see how he counters to an Aiden Hutchinson as he's trying to get after Justin Fields on Sunday. Man, I'm so looking forward to that matchup right there, bro. Because um, Donnell Wright, as you said, Prez, been holding his own ground all season, man. Yes, sir. And that kid has been growing and growing each game. So that's going to be a good matchup. I want to see what both of them can do. And um, it's going to be fun to watch. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, audience, we are at the end of the show here where we give our score predictions. Ada, according to DraftKings. <laughs> the Bears are a three-and-a-half-point home underdog against the Lions. Draft Kings has been disrespecting the Bears all season. We know that. <laughs> but I got news for you, Draft Kings. The Bears are going to defeat the Lions 27-24. to 24. You book it. Oh, and he said you could book it. Take that, you Draft Kings. book it. Take that. Take that. I'm telling you right now. The Bears know that the Lions escaped last time. They escaped, Prince, because we we were on them defensively, bro. You know what happened. They got those points under four minutes. It's not going to happen again, man. It's not going to happen again. The Bears know. They know they went wrong at. And you know that like I know, bro. These Detroit Lions have problems. 
containing Justin Fields. We know that. Yeah, they dumb over here talking about we let him off the hook like Denny Green. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you got a whole bunch of Denny Green energy going over there. Over, hey, going, man. Going over there. We did let him off the hook, man. <laughs> <laughs> they are who we thought they were. <laughs> Ooh, you talking spicy. Well, A-Dub, I wish I had your save because A-Dub said that with a whole lot of bass in his voice, artist. Did y'all hear that? A lot of bass in his voice because I don't have that same bass. I have a lot of Michael Jackson type of vibes right now because I do not have the Bears winning this game. <laughs> I have the Bears losing this ball game 24-13. Yeah, man, honestly, uh, I just... I don't know what's going to happen with this running back situation, right? We got three capable guys here. How are we going to divvy up the carries? Yeah. Right? Because yeah. you, you saw where Roshan Johnson was taking some carries away from Khalil Herbert in week 12. Now Dante Foreman's back. Now I know that that's a good problem for some people to have, but you're not going to have a guy get a consistent rhythm if they're constantly taking you out of the game and sub you in for somebody else. Yeah. A guy that may suffer, bro, it's my life Foreman who you and I, I talked so. highly about, he was playing well until the injury happened, you know? So that's going to be hard to see that his carries, you know, are less to probably none in that game if they're going to utilize Roshan Johnson and Herbert. Right, and I think that's the way it's probably going to end up going. I think yep. that he may be the odd man out, which honestly is probably a mistake because I think it should probably be Foreman Herbert, if you ask me. True. While I do love what Roshan Johnson does, I mean, I just kind of feel like you got to go with those veterans. But – to the point you were making earlier about developing the younger players, the organization may make that call and say, no, we got to get some carries for the rook. Yeah. So I think that's the way it's going to end up going. Yep. And all you can say, you know what, it's Foreman, you've done a good job, man, but you got to understand where this franchise is going, you know, down the road. A-W, I love that point where you said DraftKings has been disrespecting the Bears all season because this is the 11th time that they've called the Bears an underdog in the game. <laughs> that's just crazy. It really is, man. I don't think it's going to change, man, but it is what it is. It definitely is what it is. Well, AW, it was dope chopping it up with you, man, audience. We are so happy to be back here, and we thank you guys for your continued support of the platform. Man, we love every time we get those episodes uploaded. We get those comments coming in, the emails coming in, the direct messages, man. We, we love y'all. And uh, without you guys, we wouldn't be a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. So we appreciate the support. On to the Lions, and we're going to holler at y'all next time. credit card bill.